Work it, make it, do it, make sense. Work it, make it, do it, make sense. Harder, better, faster, stronger. Welcome to the Carefree Black Nerd Podcast, a conversation about representation in comics and related media. <laughs> this guy today will be covering none other than Carol Danvers, uh, Miss Captain Marvel herself. Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel? Okay. <laughs> now, uh, Carol Danvers is a fictional superhero, of course, published by Marvel Comics. She was created by writer Roy Thomas and artist Gene Colan. Now, Danvers first appeared as an officer in the United States Air Force and a colleague of the Kree superhero Marvel. This was back in Marvel Superheroes number 13. This was back in March of 1968. So, Miss Danvers is up there in age. <laughs> now, with this character, we, of course, have the big movie coming out pretty soon here. So, just wanted to touch on a little bit about her, some of her history, uh, history in the comics, and uh, what makes her her. And hopefully, you know, help add to the excitement of the conversation about this new Captain Marvel film. Now, this was back in March of 1968 when she first appeared. And she became, later on down the line, the uh, first uh, incarnation of Miss Marvel. Now, this was back in Miss Marvel number one in January of 1977, excuse me. Now, she's gone by other names, uh, Binary, Warbird, and Captain Marvel at different times in her history. Uh, Now, Carol Danvers is a white woman, blonde hair, blue eyes, uh, physically fit. Um, she's an interesting character for her to have been created so long ago. We all know that in the last 10 years or so, we've been progressing a bit more, a bit more every year, and we're doing better. Way back in the day, that wasn't the case, uh, which makes her such an amazing character to me to have withstood a lot of the kind of, um, social changes that have been going on across comics over the last few decades and that's to be said about a lot of uh, women characters but you know spoke, focusing exclusively on Captain Marvel now when Carol graduated from high school her dad oh, her dad was a piece of work he refused to pay her college tuition because he believed that <clears throat> a woman's place is in the home and college degrees are unnecessary for them <laughs> wild again that's what I said she's She's made strides both in comics and out. Now, Carol joined the Air Force to prove him wrong. Uh, she grew estranged from her family and her father day by day. And another thing that makes her a bit human that I think uh, a lot of us have dealt with is death. Um, her father died before he and her were ever able to kind of patch things up. And I do like this idea of not necessarily the Batman, Bruce Wayne parents were murdered, but just that people uh, when you grow up and you grow older sometimes you detach from family and old friends and whatnot and carol for her to be so strong and so superhuman but to not have that closure that you would have gotten from having like one last conversation with your father be it you know you told him about all the shitty things he did or him apologizing to you or hell y'all just still disagreeing you know she just never got that closure now 
she, he died, of course, before she could get the closure, they could have any conversations, and before she could tell him that she was Miss Marvel, which, with his mindset, would probably would have blew his mind and killed him right there on the spot. Now, uh, <laughs> Carol Danvers, uh, she is a former Air Force pilot and intelligence agent. She pursued her dreams of space exploration as a NASA employee. But her life was changed forever, of course, when she accidentally transformed into a human-Cree hybrid with extraordinary powers. Now, um, let's get into that. So let's kind of focus on uh, Cree for just a second here. Now, the Cree, they were briefly known as the Rule, R-U-U-L. Um, they are a scientifically and technologically advanced alien race, of course, in the larger Marvel Universe. The Kree have appeared, have appeared have appeared throughout the cinematic universe as well, a time or two. Now they were created by Stanley and Jack Kirby, and the first time a Kree appeared on panel was in Fantastic Four number sixty-five, way back in August of nineteen sixty-seven. Uh, let's see a little bit more about them. The Kree resemble humans. Um, Almost exactly, but the only difference is that they have blue skin. Uh, think Mystique. And uh, although she's not Kree, she is a mutant. So don't let me confuse you. <laughs> now, Kree have a higher strength level than that of a human, and they require more nitrogen to breathe, or to breathe comfortably, anyways. Now, Kree bodies are adapted to environmental changes, like on Hala, um, that are very different than they are on Earth. Hala has a higher gravity and a higher concentration of nitrogen in the atmosphere, and um, Earth has lesser gravity, so the strength of the Cree and the speed of the Cree increases. So, science, science, mumbo jumbo, Earth is lighter than Hala, so they're stronger by default. <laughs> now, uh, Skrull is another uh, fictional race of extraterrestrial uh, aliens <laughs> that I think you need to know about. Now, they are shapeshifters who, of course, are also in Marvel Comics. Now, the Skrulls first appeared in Fantastic Four number two, and they were created by Stanley and Jack Kirby. Again, dynamic doodle. The Skrulls appeared next in Fantastic Four number 18. The four Skrulls who impersonate the members of the Fantastic Four next appear in Avengers number 92. Now, the concept of the scrolls would be explored and used throughout multiple storylines, spinoffs, comics, and different projects within Marvel. Um, a little bit more about the scroll. Millions of years ago, in the main Marvel continuity, the Celestials, 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 performed genetic experiments on the reptilian ancestors of the scrolls. This resulted in three branches of the scrolls: the Prime, the Deviants, and the Eternals. Now, eventually, the three branches battled with one another, and the Deviant branch, because they were able to uh, shapeshift so um, innately, they were triumphant. They wiped out all members of the other two races until only two were left, the Scroll Eternal and the Prime Scroll of the original non-Deviant Scroll race. <laughs> and that's all you really need to know about them right now. So getting back to Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, she is, um, of course, a former Air Force pilot, intelligence agent, uh, just wise beyond her years. No, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm assuming. Now, um, as a NASA security officer, Carol investigated numerous attempts made by the Kree and Skrull to infiltrate the Kennedy Space Center and disrupt America's space program. During this battle between the heroic Marvell and his rival Yon Rog, 
Carol was exposed to the Psyche Magnetron. Sure, I said that right. Psyche Magnetron. <laughs> this is a Cree device that can make imagination into reality. Carol subconsciously envied Marvell's powers, and the machine responded to those desires by rewriting her DNA and making her a human Cree hybrid with abilities very similar to his. Now, speaking of powers, Carol, uh, she had superhuman strength, stamina, endurance, physical durability, and she had a seventh sense. Uh, this is what they called her very, very limited precognitive ability. And she also had this very perfectly amalgamated human Cree kind of hybrid physiology that made her very resistant to toxins and poisons. Now, that being said, it's so odd that over the course of her lifespan in Marvel, since she was created, she was kind of relegated to a side character here and there. She was a drunk once upon a time. Uh, her costumes have been through ugh, changes that were cringeworthy. But with the power set that she has... It seems like she should have been one of the star players forever in a day. Like, soon as she was created, like, she should have been hot shit. <laughs> but we're getting her now. She's getting her just due, so that's enough, I suppose. But, yeah, it just seems like she should have played a more central role, like, consistently since she was created. But that's not the case. Now, um, as her binary persona, the character could tap into the energy of a white hole. Now, this, again, another reason why, why hasn't she been, like, superstar number one on the front of covers of everything forever? Because as binary, she had full control and manipulation of stellar energies. Now, Marvel has never shied away from the cosmic, giant, grandiose stories and, and, and landscape and world building. So, uh, I just, again, what what is up? But, I digress, we're getting... Carol Danvers now, so that's good. But um, as binary, she had control over heat, uh, gravity, and the electromagnet electromagnetic spectrum. <laughs> now um, she had also had light speed travel, and she could survive in a vacuum of space. Um, originally, she only had the power of flight thanks to a contraption under her suit. Uh, but although the link to the white hole was eventually severed, like. You know, whatever. Maybe she, they thought she was too powerful. I don't know. Or maybe it was hard to write a character like that. You know, the concerns that you get when thinking about Superman. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> now, Danvers did retain um, her binary powers on a very smaller scale. She could both absorb energy and project it in photonic form. And uh, for those of you who have been listening to Carefree Black Nerd since day one, you know about my concerns and issues and love for Shard. Shard Bishop. Lucas Bishop's baby sister, who had similar abilities. Now, uh, she can also survive in space. Um, she lacks a constant source of energy to maintain her abilities at their previous cosmic level. She can, however, temporarily assume her binary form if empowered with high enough infusion of energy. And after watching the um, trailer for Captain Marvel, I assume it's that kind of Super Saiyan look that they have her with in some of the shots. I'm thinking that's what we're referring to. And I cannot freaking wait to see that. <laughs> Come on, uh, Danvers. Now, Carol also possesses, of course, superhuman strength and durability. She can fly, they say, at roughly five or six times the speed of sound. 
She retains her quote-unquote seventh sense, though it is a bit faint, and she can discharge explosive blasts of radiant energy, which she fires from her fingertips. Um, she can also absorb other forms of energy, such as electricity. Um, this is to further magnify her strength and energy projection, which, like, all around, she is a very powerful-ass character. How is it that we're just now getting her on screen? But, okay. I'm, I digress once more. <laughs> um, now, she can project her energy up to the force of a nuclear weapon. Um, when she's sufficiently augmented, she can withstand the pressure from a 92-ton weight. What? <laughs> oh, man. Um, she can strike with a similar level of force, um, although Hank Pym theorized that this was likely not her limit. Again, Wow, like there's been times I have to be honest that I've known about Carol Danvers, I've known about Captain Marvel, and I wasn't too interested in the character. But after seeing her being handled by different writers and kind of looking at her in different comic book and cartoons and such, I still wasn't necessarily on the fence. I just didn't have too much of an opinion about her. But once Civil War Two came into play and she started kind of wrecking shop in different books that I was reading, uh, I was very upset. But, you know, I got over it because, you know, comics, <laughs> things are always going to happen that you're not okay with. But really sitting down to look at Carol Danvers and the things that she's done and how she's been written and just the things that she's overcome. We're not even scratching the surface of the trauma that this woman has been through. It's like, how could you not like this character? Like, she is one who tries and succeeds many times to do the right thing. She's severely, like super powered um and then she is written to be a very good person it isn't a loki style <laughs> doing something to further your own agenda she's very uh blue and white uh, uh do the right thing uh always want to stand up for whatever so and this is me speaking about what i've seen so far um but really just her history seeing what she's overcome as a character much which is my kind of critique or my concern or my, my takeaway rather when I review other characters it's like ah they've been handled in such a way over such a long or even short at times period of time that it's like when is this character going to get their just desserts when are they going to be written well or presented well to the larger uh universe and not just us comic fans and I'm very excited to see what happens with her in this new film so you know <laughs> take this ride with me y'all <laughs> and with that being said guys let me know in the comments are you looking forward to captain marvel well of course you are <laughs> but let me know in the comments how you feel about captain marvel are you looking forward to it uh what are some of your favorite captain marvel stories though i am a new fan of her i um i've read a few pages and books with her in them but i haven't sunken my teeth into captain marvel like i probably should so as fans of captain marvel let me know what are some stories i should look at of course the movie is coming up pretty freaking soon but i would like to know you know what's with some fan faves out there. Um, make sure you're checking out the podcast. Uh, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Google Podcasts, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and also uh, Stitcher, wherever you consume your podcast media. And, of course, now here uh, on YouTube as well. 
Let me know what you think. Um, subscribe, review, rate, comment, and hit me up on Twitter, Carefree Blurred. Use that hashtag CBNPod. I'm always around looking to make this a conversation. Uh, so until next time, guys, um, what is it? Higher, further, faster, stronger. <laughs> uh, see you later. Same nerd time, same nerd station.